I realized like that I had to circle back to people and say no. And I used to be too embarrassed to do that. It was like, no, you committed, you have to do it. And I'm like, these are not blood oaths, Renee. Hello and welcome to ADHD Essentials, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brendan Mahan. I'm a former teacher and mental health clinician turned ADHD coach, trainer, and consultant. I can be reached at brendan at adhdessentials.com. Here at ADHD Essentials, we help families develop the skills and knowledge needed to better manage attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Visit ADHDessentials.com for more details. What's up, team? The first round of signups for the ADHD Essentials online parent coaching groups, spring 2020 session, will be wrapping up on Wednesday, February 12th. So if you want to get in ahead of the crowds, now's the time. Email me at brendan at ADHDessentials.com to get a link to my calendar and schedule your free information session. It takes about 20 minutes, not a long phone call. Or go to ADHDessentials.com slash parentgroups to get a little more information about what the groups will look like and to register for that free information session. The coaching groups start March 16th. So don't delay. I wouldn't want you to miss out when the groups fill up. And of course, make sure you're listening to Hacking Your ADHD with Will Curb and ADHD Rewired with Eric Tivers. Those podcasts, plus mine, make up the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network, a network filled with interviews, information, and enjoyment around ADHD. The best way to support this show is by sharing it with others, either online or in person. So let the folks in your Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram feeds know that we exist. Or, as you come across people in the wild, let them know about us. And don't forget to post that five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps get the word out. Welcome to the show. Today, we're talking to Renee Brooks of Black Girl Lost Keys. Diagnosed with ADHD on three separate occasions, Renee is a friend of the pod and a friend of mine, who has made it her mission to uplift others with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. In today's episode, Renee shares with us her new mantra and her new workbook, Guard Your Yes. We talk about the interplay between values and boundaries, the roles people-pleasing and ADHD play in causing us to overtax and overextend ourselves, and why we should expect both pushback and a new sense of self-respect when we start guarding our yes. All right, let's get rolling. So Renee, I don't know how much introducing yourself you actually have to do because this is like your fourth time on the show, but I am here with Renee Brooks of Black Girl Lost Keys. Renee has an, an ebook workbook out called Guard Your Yes. You kind of went on a Twitter rant about guarding your yes. And I really want to explore that and dig into what you mean by guard your yes and kind of where it came from and where it ended up going. I did go on a Twitter rant. So I was talking about, like, it's funny because I don't think sometimes that people realize they'll be like, this is so relatable. It's because I'm, I'm patient number zero. I'm writing the resource 
that I need as I'm discovering it sometimes. So Gardra, yes, like I was looking at my schedule and I was looking at all of these things that I had said yes to, and I was super pissed off and resentful. And it was like, okay, we talk about boundaries all the time. And, you know, talking about something in theory and putting it into practice are two different things. So the past two years, I've been learning more and more and more about what I need boundary wise so that I don't keep getting into these situations where I'm overwhelmed. And so I was tweeting about that and it just like, I can't curse on your podcast, but you know that I'm cursing internally. It went ballistic. It had something like 30,000 likes, 15, 16,000 retweets. Like, and it was like, okay, so I'm not the only one let's do some things with this. So we put it on a t-shirt as a reminder, guard your yes with your life. And by the way, I, I don't have a guard your yes with your life t-shirt because my size sold out. So now when I'm placing t-shirt orders, I have to remember to like place an extra one in my size just in case. Cause this is crap, man. That's like the most ADHD thing. I don't have my own t-shirt cause I didn't save one for me. <laughs> I was like, okay, there's one more left. And no sooner than I went to go grab it out of the box, I got, you just got an order. The last one in my size. I was like, this is crap. So we did t-shirts and then I sat down with Kim Guy. We did a, a interview. I forgot when I called Kim for that interview that he is also like the biggest ADHD essentials alumni. Like, I feel like we should have all gotten together and like, <laughs> Like had some like druid council. The interview you're talking about is for your YouTube channel and it's Black Girl Lost Keys, right? That's the name of it? Here's the thing about that. I don't get that domain until I hit 100 subscribers. I'm sitting at 86. So soon it will be that. But if you type Black Girl Lost Keys into the search bar in YouTube, um, it'll, it'll take you to those videos. Or you could type Garger, yes, and that should take you there as well. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's get her past 100, because that's not hard. You only need 14 people. I think we can do that. And I'm your next episode, right? Exactly. So, you got to come watch Friend. Yeah. So, go to YouTube, type in Black Girl Lost Keys, hit the subscribe button. The next video that auto-populates into your YouTube feed will be me and Renee talking about relationships for Valentine's Day. And, and circling back to Guard Your Yes... When we're talking about that, when we're, when we're talking about guard your guests, it, like you mentioned, it's about overcommitment and, and just saying yes to too many things. How do we guard our yes? Okay, so in order to guard your yes, you need to know what you need to say yes to. So there's non-negotiables, right? Like, for instance, at a family party that I had to go to last weekend, it was non-negotiable that I be in attendance. There is a relative who I have a conflict with. One of my other relatives invited them to this party unbeknownst to me. I would have said no to this party had I known they would be in attendance, but it was a non-negotiable. So some things, like when we're guarding our yes, we have to know what we can't say no to. You have to know what your boundaries are. And boundaries, like, we think of boundaries as concrete, but they're really like, Correct me, correct me if I'm wrong, but in my opinion, they're, they're very fluid. Like they, they change from moment to moment, depending on what you need, depending on what the person needs. And I think 
that fluidity in our boundaries is where we get into trouble. I look at that from the opposite side. Tell me. I'm ready. A way I guard my yes is based on what I value. The things that I value are the things I'm going to say yes to. And sometimes my values conflict with each other. And so I don't, I don't know that my boundaries are fluid. I think my values conflict. It's funny because we're saying the same thing just differently. That's what I mean when I say I'm coming at it from the other side. That's exactly it. Because my boundary says I don't step into scenarios where there's going to be conflict with people who I've established a cutoff with. But my value also says family comes first and you don't miss your grandmother's 81st birthday party because someone who you've cut off is going to be there. You find a way to push on through that. So yeah, that that's exactly where the, where the conflict, it's the value. And some of this is the nature of when you say yes to one thing, you say no to everything else. I think that was the thing that frustrated me most of all when I, when I was in the middle of writing that tweet because I realized that my schedule was full of other people's obligations and they were not things that I valued. They were not things that I particularly wanted to do. They were favors and guilt trips and shaming into doing things. You know, you don't, it's like, okay, I've got, you know, more popularity than I used to. It's like you feel like you need to justify that you haven't changed. So, yes, I'll come do this thing for you that I don't give two craps about because I don't want you to think that I think I'm too good to to assist you now, even though I'm too busy to do that thing and I don't care about it. You know, I I feel guilty because I can't do this other thing that I want to do for you. So, yeah, I'll come do this thing that is absolutely out of my wheelhouse that I don't even know how to do. Like I said, all it did was breed resentment. I was exhausted and I was angry. I wanted something concrete that I could remember easily to just keep me out of those situations. And I needed to learn too, like, like if we say yes right in that moment because of impulsivity or you know, just lack, lack of knowledge of my own schedule was a big problem for me. And I realized like that I had to circle back to people and say no. And I used to be too embarrassed to do that. It was like, no, you committed, you have to do it. And I'm like, these are not blood oaths, Renee. You can go back and say, hey, I'm sorry, I can't do this. But that like, I was very rigid in those demands. Like, if you said yes, you said yes, you do what you say you're going to do. You be a woman of your word. And I'm just like, this is so antiquated. This doesn't work for your life anymore. And that's part of guarding your yes, too. Being willing to change when things that worked for you at one point in your life do not work anymore. And how much of the, the saying yes too much was coming out of insecurity? I'd be willing to say 60 to 70%. You you think, what does me saying no say about me? And you assign these things, like I'm being selfish, I'm being mean, I'm being unreasonable. And none of those things are true. You're saying no because you need to say no. You're allowed to say no for whatever reason. It could be because you want to lay on the couch. And I can see a situation too where it's concern about that relationship, right? Like if I say no. Am I jeopardizing this relationship with this person? Yeah, that rejection sensitivity that exists, is that playing a role in this too, maybe? 
very much for me i'm a i'm a peacemaker it's it's not in vogue to say that you're a people pleaser but i would be lying if i said i, I like the people around me to be happy and pleasant it, like that i don't think i think we've assigned these negative values to being a people pleaser and i I'd like i think you can be a people pleaser and have solid boundaries so i'm i'm going to out myself Yes, I like people. I like the people around me to be pleased. I do too. Yeah. And and people pleasing can become toxic if it's hurting yeah. you. But if it's not hurting you, there's nothing wrong with being a people pleaser. There's nothing wrong with being the word I like to use for that is cooperative. And it's like I'm not a people pleaser. So they like try to run to the opposite end of the spectrum where they just become super abrasive. That's not the answer either. What are some of the strategies that you're using to guard your yes? Okay, so one of the things that you want to do is create a pause when someone asks you to do something. So, I don't know, ask me something. We should meet next week to talk about how I can make stickers. Brent, I would love to meet you with, with you next week to talk about how to make stickers. Give me like two hours to check my calendar get back to me if I don't touch base back with you and we'll make sure that that works for next week. Okay. Awesome. That gives me time to look at my calendar, which, you know, we're assuming that I'm actually checking my calendar. I could also be checking my workload and seeing if I have time, but you like, you want to do something like that. Let me check my calendar. Let me see if that conflicts with what I got going on. Give me a second. You know, I'm a little overwhelmed with, what I've got going on. Let me take a look at that. Give me a minute to think about it, but create a pause. Or you can say yes. And if you look at it later, come back and say, you know what, Brendan, I really still want to help you with that, but I don't think I can do it right now. Or if you don't want to do it, you can say, hey, I thought about that and that's just not going to work for me right now. I'm sorry. Here's where you can go instead if you still need help with your stickers. But you, you, have, to, you have to drop that guilt that you feel about saying no and you have to be realistic about what you can actually do because just because you can do something for yourself doesn't mean you can help other people with it and there's another sneaky little tactic in there that it sounds like you're not doing it on purpose but is potentially useful which is you said to me get back to me if i haven't replied to you oh no i'm doing it on purpose they're nudge me or they'll forget <laughs> right And that's okay. Like if, if I am not so invested in the sticker stuff to be bothered to email you or text you about, hey, are we going to get together next week to talk about stickers? Then you don't need to feel bad about not getting back to me because it was just me being impulsive and I thought it was exciting in the moment, but in the big picture, I don't really care. You know how much stuff I get out of by telling people to remind me. And it's not just so that I can get out of it if they forget. Like, it's genuine. It's something that you need. It's not something that I need. Therefore, I might not remember it. That doesn't mean it's not important to me to help you out. It just means I might not remember it. You need to circle back to me. Mm -hmm. If you don't remember to circle back to me, I guess we just won't talk about it until the next time you bring it up. Yeah it off of both of our plates because just like you said if it wasn't important enough for them to remind me oh well busy woman i got i got <laughs> i am doing it on purpose <laughs> okay <laughs> it works we've got to give ourselves 
the grace that we deserve and sometimes we have to build it in. You know that when people ask you something when you're on the fly, you're not going to remember it. Let them come back to you. Tell them in advance. I might forget this. Don't let me forget. I tell people all the time. Somebody said, can you read this blog post for me before I put it out? I said, yeah, I'm in the middle of something right now. Give me an hour to get out of it. Don't let me forget. This morning, they sent me a message like, did you read this yet? I said, you didn't remind me. I'm going to get back to it. But what can I tell you? I told you to remind me in an hour. That was your job to set the timer. You're the one who needs something. Take responsibility for your own need. Come back and remind me. Yeah. And that takes the onus off of us, too, because, again, if we're being asked to do something, you're supposed to make doing a favor for somebody as smooth for them for the person doing the favor as you possibly can. At least in my opinion, you should. It's respectful. It's gracious. It's just good manners. Like, I got to do you a favor and you're going to make it difficult for me? I don't want to do it now. That's not the way that I roll. I was I was raised better than that. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're talking about guarding your yes, it sounds like the things that are being guarded by guarding the yes sort of the stuff behind the wall of the yes or the no, is time and energy. Time, energy, and desire. People ask us to do things that we don't want to do. They ask us to do things they don't want to do. Mm -hmm. No, I'm not going to do that for you. And I tell people now, I don't do things for other people that I don't enjoy doing for myself. Like, you know how to do this. I do know how to do it. And I do it with weeping and gnashing of teeth every time. And I'm not going to do it for you. That's a great guideline. If I don't like doing it, I'm not doing it for someone else. That's awesome. Not going to do it. Because it used to be like, oh, well, you know, and it, it, like, especially in communities like ours, we're all helpers. We all want everyone to be able to advance and do what they're doing and improve, et cetera. So it's really easy to, to guilt trip yourself and say, well, I have the skill. I know how to do it. You know, other people help me. I need to be helpful. I'll help you with something that I'm good at and I enjoy doing. Like that's ADHD 101. Why would I commit to doing something that I'm not interested in doing from the start and make us both miserable? I want to play with this for a second mm -hmm. because I'm remembering that my podcast audience is full of parents. Yes. And as a parent, you're doing stuff that you don't like to do all the time for your kids. Yes. And here's the trick. One, to some degree, suck it up, buttercup, you're a parent and you got to do the thing you don't like to do so that it gets done for your kid. But as your kid gets older, teach them how to do that thing that you don't like doing and then reteach them how to do that thing you don't like doing and then teach them again how to do that thing that you don't like doing until they can do it for themselves and then let them do it. And if they don't do it for a little while, you're back to teaching them again because they're going to forget. And that's as simple as like, if your kid does laundry once a week, it's going to take a little while for that habit and that skill to get set because it's not often enough for it to get locked in. But for our kids, we absolutely have to do stuff we don't like doing even though I think this is a great guideline, 
but also we're able to offload that stuff onto our kids by teaching them how to do the laundry, by teaching them how to shovel snow, and then waiting until they're old enough and strong enough to actually effectively shovel snow, things of that nature, so that we can guard our yes in other places. And we're teaching them how to guard their yeses, and we're teaching them how to do these things that they need to do because they're seeing, oh, this is how you do laundry. And mom doesn't like to do laundry. And she kind of has me do my own laundry. So she doesn't have to do as much laundry. Oh, because she doesn't like doing it. Cool. Okay. I mean, I don't like doing it either. and I don't want to do it, but I guess I understand. Kind of hopefully that's where you land eventually with your kid. And hopefully they see that you're sort of guarding your yes with that. Really does work. I've been doing my laundry since I was somewhere between 11 and 13 years old. Like my mom showed me how to do it a couple of times. I picked it up and like at the time we didn't know it, but we both know now, like we both have ADHD. So it made sense for her to offload that onto me because she had a whole house to manage and two kids and a fiance and she didn't have time to chase my laundry too. And because she didn't have time, it would pile up. So it gave me more control over the flow of my own laundry and it took some stuff off of her plate. I think it's important for kids to know how their own activities directly affect the household. I think it makes them feel useful and like an important part of the household versus I'm just the the kid. My work has no relevance either way. I agree. They need those responsibilities. So what else do we need to know about guarding our yes? One of the biggest things, especially if you're someone who is a yes person, expect the pushback. Do not go into this thinking, oh, I'm going to tell people no and they're going to take it and it's going to be simple. It is not simple, especially if if you have been in the habit of saying yes every time someone asks you to do something and you start saying no, they're going to want to know why, they're going to question you. You might even lose some people. But what you'll gain back in self-respect, in peace of mind, in genuine peace and enjoyment is going to be worth it, even though it might be painful at the time. Gain back in self-respect. That's a huge statement that there's a lot, there's a lot of power in that. We have one life. We have missions that we want to want to accomplish. We have things that we want to do. We have things that we enjoy. If you don't have space in your own life because you've taken on stuff from other people's lives, can make you feel like a bit of a pushover, can make you feel like, you know, people, like you're at the mercy of other people's demands constantly versus having control over your own life. So in saying no, in establishing the boundaries, in not doing things that you don't enjoy for people you don't necessarily like, you gain your confidence and your self-respect because now you're not being blown about by the wind you're being intentional and selective about what you choose to direct into your life. You're being a leader of your own life and not letting others lead you. And maybe for the first time, anybody can guard their yes. But I think for ADHD people, a lot of us spend a lot of time observing other people who we assume 
live life in a better way than we do. So we're imitating them and we're doing things the way that they do them because we think that they know better than us. And when you think someone knows better than you, you're going to follow their guidelines and their criteria for life. And that doesn't necessarily fit your life. Part of guarding your yes is knowing that you know what's best for you. Even though you might not have all the answers, it gives you the opportunity to learn to trust your own intuition again. I used to feel very unsure about the decisions I made. And then I realized, like, I have perfect sense. I have good intuition. I'm not misjudging things. I'm not overanalyzing it. There's nothing wrong with me. I just don't necessarily want to do what you want me to do. That's why I'm getting the reaction. It's not because I'm doing something wrong. It's because I'm not giving you what you want. And that's okay. I don't have to give you what you want. I have to give me what I want. I want to tell folks to to check out the Guard Your Yes workbook. Um, so I'm not going to let you tell us anymore because they're going to have to find out the rest of it in the workbook. And it's a good deal. Like it's on sale right now, seven bucks, 25 page workbook with all kinds of goodies in it. If you're looking for where you can get it, you can go to blackgirllostkeys.com and you can press the store button. It'll take you there. Or if you just want to go directly to the store, it's black girl lost tees because I'm just so clever. I can't stand it. (laughs) (laughs) And get a t-shirt while you're there. They're on uh, sale for Black History Month. If you type in Black History, you'll get free shipping on any uh, any physical item in the store. Awesome. And it wouldn't be ADHD Essentials if I didn't say, just being mindful of time, do you have any ending essentials that you'd like to share with our audience? The ending essential, especially when you're talking about guarding your yes, is just trust yourself. I, I know it sounds cliche, but... If you just believe that what you're feeling is probably right, as long as you're not like, I don't know, upset, don't make decisions out of anger or, or fear, but all things considered, you really do know what's best for you. Hey, you're still here. Nice. Thanks for staying focused all the way through. If you have any thoughts or questions about today's episode, feel free to email me at brendan at ADHDessentials.com. And don't forget to check out the website, ADHDessentials.com, and visit our Facebook community. I'm looking forward to talking to you again next week. In the meantime, keep focusing on improvement over perfection. 10% better is all you need.